Welcome to Earshot with Tucker Johnson and Logan Barrett. Reaching across genres, locations, and traditions, Earshot presents monthly episodes exploring the cutting edge of what contemporary music has to offer. Through curated playlists and interviews with artists, the show features a diverse array of new modern music by composers from around the world. We are really excited to present you the first installment of Earshot as part of the Camp Podcast lineup this week. We will be presenting episodes every month from now on, and myself and Tucker will be switching off. We're going to explain a little bit more about what the show is later on in this segment, um, but for now we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm Tucker Johnson. I'm a composer residing in Rochester, New York. I was born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida, and grew up in the Tampa Bay area. In high school, I got involved with some improvisers and jazz musicians in my school who were incredible musicians and great influences on me. And I started composing out of an interest in putting on music with them and working with other people. Uh, That led me to pursue an undergraduate career at the University of South Florida and later at Penn State to uh, pursue new music and writing music and composing. And in those institutions, I sort of found um, the new music scene and was sort of introduced to what's going on all over the world with composers and musicians interested in putting on music. Uh, I'm currently uh, working on my master's degree in composition at the Eastman School of Music. My name is Logan. I am also based in Rochester, New York currently, and I also grew up in Florida as well. I was raised in the Brandon area. I really got into music starting through wind band and band music. I played the trumpet in middle school. I ended up um, joining the marching band in high school, and I remember really enjoying putting on stuff with my friends and making music as a group. I think I ended up you know, writing a, one or two little things towards my senior year. And I think that led me to apply for an undergraduate degree in composition. And that's really where I got introduced um, to composing and to contemporary music and how all of that works. And I'm currently pursuing a PhD at the Eastman School of Music. So I think for people that might not be as familiar with what we do and what contemporary classical music is, we might want to explain a little bit about what we do and what new music in local communities sort of means. So I know something that I can say is that contemporary classical music comes out of the tradition of classical music for sure. So we're writing music for instruments in the Western orchestra most of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of our, you know, our notation and our thoughts about music often come from Um, the European tradition and classical music and that whole development over the past few years. It happens in universities a lot. People go to study and we're sort of around, you know, a peer group that sort of thinks in the same way and we sort of develop things in the same way. Um, But there's a whole lot more to the story than that. I don't know if what Tucker has to say. Yeah. So uh, for me, new music and contemporary art music, these uh, things sort of are flexible genre markers for lots of different composers and artists um, with lots of different backgrounds. Um, it's, you know, cer- while certainly like it carries this sort of um, traditional baggage of, of classical music with its notation and uh, instrumentation often, um, 
I think a lot of composers may, uh, to different degrees, associate themselves with that um, or not associate themselves with that. And the same goes for the sort of university presence. I think there are a lot of composers who uh, went through sort of university academic systems and, and um, schools of music and uh, different conservatories. But there are also lots of composers and musicians who um, enter the field from outside of that and from lots of different diverse places. Um, yeah, I think it's been changing a lot recently, especially like even in the last 10 years. Um, I think a lot of times people that like studied piano or something when they were little kids and they liked music and they wanted to pursue it. Um, I've been meeting a lot more people that sort of get into contemporary music from like the underground music scene in their local area and they sort of get into music and study it later on or maybe don't study it formally. Um, but there's tons of overlap between what we do and like what local bands and local, you know, weird indie scenes. Yeah, DIY DIY groups and, 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 you know, those sorts of noise groups and improvisation, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think, I, mean, I certainly, the, the common thing is that, you know, we're usually playing music on instruments or, you know, classical voice. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we have to work with. We write for clarinet and piano and, you know, orchestra instruments and mm -hmm. all of that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, different composers sort of approach it in different ways. Yeah, I think that's a, a big part of new music, contemporary music is like a sort of diversity of approaches. There's lots of different um, uh, approaches and, and uh, sort of inspirations and places people are coming from, whether it be sort of these underground places or, or theater or uh, electronic music or any of these things sort of blending together um, in lots of different ways. Yeah, I, th I think something I'd like to emphasize is that um, I think the reasons why people make music now is really different. Um, if you think about like classical music in Europe, um, it was often like someone working for a court or some individual or the king or something like that. Um, and it was sort of a patronage model. Um, I, I think today it's sort of more diffuse, I think people come to music for different reasons and they write music for different reasons. Um, and, you know, especially in the 21st century, we've been sort of carving out a space for, you know, different groups and um, things like that. Yeah. And I think part of like what we want to do with this show is sort of highlight a, a wide variety of what's going on in the scene currently. Um, you know, the diversity of approaches and, and people and also the um, uh, sort of strength and uh, size of the repertoire that we have. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue into our next segment and talking about what this show is going to be and what we're going to talk about. We're going to be presenting themed episodes about composers and new music. Every episode we're going to switch off. I'm going to be going next month. We're going to be featuring different interviews or curated playlists of new music repertoire. Next month, uh, Logan will be interviewing Anya Vu, and then the following month, I'll be interviewing David Liptak. We're hoping that this show will be a sort of exploration or a survey of what contemporary music is, and each month we hope to highlight new parts of the repertoire and maybe teach you something you might not have learned about before. This episode in particular is focused on recent new music, so all of the pieces have been written in the last year or so, and all of the performances are from the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. So I think now we will get into our segment about all of these pieces. Mm -hmm. 
The first piece we have queued up today is a piece called Music for Transitions by the composer Inti Thigus Vizueta. She is a composer currently based in New York City and from Washington, D.C. This piece was composed for cellist Andrew Yi of the Ataka Quartet. It was performed as part of the Digital Discovery Festival at National Sawdust last year, and it is for four cellos. In this particular recording, it's the same cellist playing four different tracks. Um, I highly encourage you to check out the video. But anyway, this is Music for Transitions by Inti Thigus Vizueta. Thank you. 
Yeah, I love that piece. It's so beautiful. Um, NT is a composer I got to interview last semester, I guess a few months ago. And she is a composer who really talks about... Um, she, she was a composer that grew up um, taking part in music as part of like drum circles and like learning guitar and stuff like that. And she says that music is a very participatory act for her. And she's really interested in engaging with the idea of indigeneity without necessarily the sounds of that music. So I think a lot of what she does is creating this space for physical action and repeated gesture to take place um, sometimes together and sometimes not together. So a lot of what she does is about like hearing process and having this internal um, rhythm happen within each player, but the like sort of the whole thing sort of progressing forward and you know creating these different sections where these different processes happen. I guess this is the first time Tucker, you've heard the piece. So yeah, all the way through. Um, I think the uh, it, it's like a you know you know if you like listening to cello, you'll really love this piece, which is so it's like really beautiful uh, sort of collection of of the cello. Um, yeah, get, sort of a catalog of yeah, it's kind of a catalog of the techniques on it as well. Yeah, it's the the little like scratchy sounds are really well recorded. Yeah, no, it, the, the recording is beautiful. No, and I, I love these sort of arrival moments where sort of a new texture sort of arrives out of uh, out of whatever's going on before it. Um, the 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 moment where everything sort of lands on these like bright upper tones on the cello, um, about two thirds of the way through the piece comes to mind. Sort of. Yeah, I think um, it's really hard to do that. I, I think I feel like in music, um, another thing I should mention about Inti's music is that she's really interested in deconstructing the traditional score. Like a lot of her scores are very unusual and they're not time aligned in the way that most music is. They're, there's like each part does its own thing and they sort of have to figure out or negotiate how to align with each other. And in this piece, it's one player aligning with all the other parts. And um, Andrew Yee is, is the performer and they do a really great job at it. Yeah, yeah. Up next is a piece premiered at Donna Eschinger last year by the composer George Lewis. Uh, this piece, titled H. Narens, is for vocalist and a mixed ensemble with dancers. So you'll hear some of the dancers' like motions and activity in the in the recording of the piece. Um, this is performed by uh, vocalist and movement artist Elaine Michener and ensemble manufacturer for actual music.
must invent the origin of the
Yeah, so that was H. Nerens by George Lewis. That piece was commissioned as part of the Donna Eschinga Festival last year, um, part of a project by the vocalist um, Elaine Michener, in which she invited people or the, a group of composers to respond to uh, critical genealogy on the works of Jamaican feminist writer and cultural theorist Sylvie Winter. Um, the title of this project was On Being Human as Praxis. Um, so the text in this piece is taken from some of the uh, works by Sylvia Winter. Um, and uh, as I said, the performers were ensemble uh, manufacturer for actual music and uh, uh, Elaine Michener. Yeah, the text setting in that piece is really clear. I found like it's a very logical through line, but sort of... Yeah, you sort of cap catch glimpses of it. Sometimes it's a little bit hard to make out exactly what's like yeah. being presented and then... 
I think the way it was recorded as well, it has this sort of like intimate feel with the voice, but distant feel. With yeah, the if, if you're interested in like listening to it again and sort of getting another perspective on it, there's a video on the Dona Eschinger website and you can see the, it's performed in a circle with the ensemble all facing each other um, with the dancers in the middle. Um, and it's actually a really, really wonderful way to experience the piece. Um, the, the dancers are led by uh, choreographer Dam Van Hu. Uh, from uh, Vietnamese-American choreographer. Third on the program is this piece by Benjamin Oliver called Mr. Turquoise Synth. Benjamin Oliver is a composer from the UK. This piece was written in 2017, but it was recorded just last year in 2020 by pianist Yashani Paranpaniagam. This piece is for piano and electronics. The synthesizer is actually its own built unit, and it's very quiet. It's placed by the piano on the stage, and it has a sort of interesting theatrical feel to it. It's very quiet throughout. It is really contrasted from the piano. And it's a lot more... Um, it, it's fast in tempo, but it's sort of um, a lot more low-key than the last piece. So again, this is Mr. Turquoise Synth by Benjamin Oliver. Thank you. 
I think this piece maybe fits into more of the DIY improvised electronic scene we might have been talking about a little bit earlier. It kind of has a lot of influences in there. It's, you know, it's a built synth. It's a one-bit synthesizer that's on the stage and actually creating sound in real time. Um, it's kind of jazzy a little bit. It's kind of a good mood throughout. Yeah, this piece is like really, like has really interesting quality of like uh the the piano part which is sort of the dominant uh like dynamic uh member of the duo is sort of mediated by its little partner the 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 piano is almost playing along with or like following the, the synthesizer yeah that's a really good point I, I i think the effect is sort of that the synthesizer is like what's driving the music forward and sort of governs the harmony and like what happens but the piano is like the instrument the piece is for like that's what you mostly hear yeah no i i, I sort of like this uh, there's a sort of almost theatrical nature of the uh, the electronics kind of falling apart or breaking towards the end it sort of uh it sounds like it's breaking yeah and it sort of introduces these like referential kinds of characters throughout like it gets you know jazzier and you know they have these little video game sounding things or more like sporadic gestures in the piano yeah yeah it, that piece just puts me in a good mood. It always 
Yeah, makes me smile. Up next is Blut by German composer-conductor Enno Pope. Uh, this is performed by Ensemble Madern and soprano Caroline Meltzer. It is in 12 very small movements, and it's a setting of some, a poem by Els Glaske Schule. Oh, 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 oh. 
Thank you. 
So that was Ensemble Moderne and Caroline Meltzer with Eno Pope conducting, and that was a piece by Eno Pope titled Blute. Um, I really, I really love that piece. It's sort of different from the previous ones we were listening. We listened to, in the sense that it's not as much one long totality as it is twelve little tiny movements. Um, each movement is like less than a minute. The shortest one is only about twenty seconds long. Yeah, I don't think you hear a lot of music like that in the U.S. I think something worth mentioning is that. I think the musical values in Europe right now are sort of a lot different, and, and the types of projects they get put on are kind of different as well. Like this is an extended orchestra piece, and you don't see too many of those by um, American orchestras. This is very like expressionistic, and it's very like short-winded, and it has all of these changes going on. And orchestrationally, it's really complex. Yeah, yeah, the ensemble is super interesting. It is it is a chamber orchestra, but there's mandolin and celeste, and at one point there's accordion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like super, these super interesting little moments. Yeah. I think the other thing I noticed is that it's, it's, it's a piece in short movements, but they sort of connect, like he connects them. Yeah. There's definitely like sounds at the beginning and ends of movements and they have like a sort of shared trajectory. I mean, it is a setting of one poem. Um, each stanza has its own little, little movement. Our final piece of this episode is a piece for string quartet and electronics called Lead Me Home by composer Brittany J. Green. Brittany Green is a composer currently based in North Carolina, and she wrote this piece for Jack Quartet to be performed on the most recent Time Spans Festival. So this is a brand new piece. It was just performed for the first time on August 19th, so less than a month ago. This is... Lead Me Home for the Jack Quartet, written by composer Brittany J. Green.
That piece was based on a hymn by Thomas Dorsey called Precious Lord, Take My Hand. I, I, I really enjoy that piece. I think it's um, one of this composer's first mature works. She's quite a young composer. I believe she's still in school. Um, I think something I like about it is that it is sort of a reflection of the American South and um, a lot of the musical values there that have only been recently been finding their ways into contemporary music. There's there's a few composers around that sort of engage with those ideas. But I think really important to music associated with the South is like a lot of it's very patient, I find a lot of the time. So it's often about heterophony and like multiple voices doing the same thing but at slightly different times. I think both of those things are things that found them found themselves in this piece. Yeah, and I think the electronics in this piece are really unique and really, really gorgeous. Like the, the way that they add to the strings and sort of provide these like rich upper sounds is like really incredible. It's a really beautiful piece. Yeah, and it's it's really rare that you find a piece where there's highly electronic sounds or very artificial sounding electronics that blend really well with the instruments. It's it's really difficult to do a lot harder than. Um, you might think it is really different from so much electronic music where you have sort of a dichotomy between the two. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this first episode of Earshot. And we look forward to seeing you next month. I will be hosting the next episode and it will be an interview with composer currently based in Pennsylvania, Anya Vu.